We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Very, 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 very excited for this one for two reasons. The first reason, my guest today, actually, it's, it's I, let me take a step back. I, it's, it's the same reason. Here's what I was going to say. My guest today isn't really a guest. It's Chris Persianen. My uh, my protege, uh, former intern, current CEO, executive vice president, um, William Worldwide West of, of uh, Nick's Film School. Um, so, Chris, that's how are the you? coolest job title I've ever had. That's what just, you are, man. That's that's wow. what you are. With the you lurk in the shadows, is it? I, I would say like Jeremy does the Strickland connecting more, but I, I've made. We can say I pull the strings. We can. You, can, I'm, can, you could. I don't know if you could see the strings coming up from my my uh, hoodie. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was gonna so, say I like the hoodie, and uh, I got thank you. I got to get having some more. me on. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, but again, you're not a guest, which leads me to the second thing that I'm excited about, which is that oftentimes, spoiler alert, um, when I do a podcast, I like you know, I have to like get in a certain mindset and I have to make sure I'm professional and I, you know, I have to treat the guest with a certain monicum of respect. I don't have to worry about any of that shit with you because it's no. you. So I could just relax. We're going to sit here. And we're going to answer, some, some, I'm, I'm gonna some, answer some questions um, that you, um, that you got these questions today. I have um, procured the aforementioned questions. So this is a mailbag episode uh, in case you haven't figured that out yet. Um, 
usual ground rules. Uh, Chris got the questions from Twitter. I have seen two of the questions and I will, I will on honor code honor code. I will let you know when it is one of the two questions that I have seen, which I think are going to be asked on the episode, but I'm not hundred percent sure. So um, anything that's the third rule. That's the third rule is that you haven't seen the full list of questions. That is the third rule. Yes. That is the third rule. I'm just looking. I'm like, is this my father-in-law pulling up? No, that's my neighborhood. neighborhood scouting. Neighborhood scouting. Um, okay. Well, um, let's let's answer some questions because I want to get the taste of the last two games out of my mouth, and uh, I no, I can think of no better way to do that than answering questions. So let's some go. questions about let's the go. New York Knicks. Knickerbocker. Yeah. Hey, the, the Knickerbockers. Would it make more sense? This first question comes from ASAP Ferd. Would it make more sense to start Burks at the one for a lineup of Burks, Bullock, RJ, Randall, and Noel, and then have the bench five be Rose, IQ, Frank or Knox, OB, Taj, you know, a mix of those guys? He says he thinks that quickly and OB would benefit more from being paired with Rose than with AB. What are your thoughts? Hold on. I'm actually just, I'm actually writing down. So he wants to start Burks. So he basically wants to shoot Alfred Payton. I have, let's keep count on how many questions I tried to, I tried to limit it because I just want to see how many imply that we are firing (laughs) Alfred Payton into the sun. So this one implies that we are firing Alfred Payton into the sun. And that we're so we're basically swapping Burks for, for elf in the starting lineup and we are putting in Knox in place of Burks. Yeah. Or, or Frank or both or whatever. Okay. Um, here's what I like about it. I like about it that it, cause I feel like I've been noticing this and I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but I feel like now with Rose and Burks in the second five, I feel like quickly is not getting as many opportunities to run the offense as maybe he was a little bit earlier in the season. Have you noticed that? It, I mean, he's just getting less minutes in general, which everyone's well, he, noticed, he has, but yeah, no, he has. Um, it's, it's in those minutes that he's, he's out there and he has a possession or two, you know, he, he shows off a nice dribble move or something, but you're right. Recently it's been less, I feel like designed creation. And this is one of those things where I think a lot of the time, the, the, the narrative of um, development versus winning games is a false narrative. I think this is one of those things where it's legit. I think giving, giving quickly more opportunities to run the offense solo would benefit him in the long run, but it would not benefit the team because he just, he misses a lot of reads, not a lot of reads. He misses reads. He misses more reads than I think like Burks or Rosewood. So this would give him a little bit more playmaking. It would give him another weapon um, or a weapon in Knox. I don't know if Knox is any better or worse than, than Burks in the role that he would be in here. Um, the reason I don't think this would happen. One, I don't, I mean, if he benches elf, it's going to be for Rose. I think we all think that. And if he does bench elf, I have to think that it would be, I can't imagine he'd bury him unless they come up with a fake injury, but I can't imagine he'd bury him. I think he would go to the second unit and maybe his minutes will be drastically limited. Um, so that's the first reason it wouldn't happen. But also I think Tibbs likes to have his traditional, you know, quote unquote point guard out there. Yeah. You know, and Burke's why he tried DSJ. It's why he, there's, 
That's why DSJ was always going to get a chance at, at the starting point guard, whereas Frank was always, they always had Frank pegged as a wing, um, you know, and it's been more break of in case of emergency, him, him at point guard. Um, I like the, here's the only issue is like, in theory, you're like, well, all the playmaking goes to Randall anyway. And then the secondary playmaker is RJ. So why do you need a point guard? I get that. I've said that. I think in reality, what winds up happening is what essentially we're, we're seeing, which is that Randall is taking on the brunt of the playmaking to, to his detriment. He's tiring out. Um, And I think the only way that changes is if Rose goes into the starting lineup. I don't think that would change if Burks went into the starting lineup. I think Rose needs to go into the starting lineup for that to change. And then to, and then you have quickly Burks um, again, our perfect world, Quickly Burks, Knox, Obi, Taj, or Frank, Obi, Taj, or Frank, Knox, Taj, whatever. I think that could right. work. I think that would be ideal. Yeah. No, just I, th- I thought I'd start off with a, a rotation question. Yeah, it's, it's, it, gets, it gets the wheels it's a little. Turning. It's a little state of the union. It's a little, you know, what do you think about each guy? Or, you know, I, it's I like when you walk into the classroom and the teacher has a small exercise for you to just to get the yeah, mind the, work. The do, do now. Just the do, is that what you – we call it uh, a thinking answer. Because you have to think. It's not a misnomer. It's, and it, it's, no, it's not a misnomer. It's a nomer. That's <laughs> the next question. <laughs> Please. Vin <laughs> sent in a question. He, uh, he says that we know the Knicks need a third piece. We know it has to be a half-court facilitator and a potential closer. Who is that guy? His only rules, it can't be a max-type player. And the player wouldn't mean championship, but advancing to the second round is the floor. So I guess it's advancing I guess to it's, the second round is the floor. I guess it's uh, replace floor with goal. And I think maybe it's it, that's realistic in terms of just a stepping stone guy. So just uh, to because this question, even with the parameters, it's still a little vague. I'm going to set an additional parameter, which is that I. The question I'm interpreting it to ask, who's the realistic guy we could get that will take us, that will make us a possible second round team next season? From B to C. Like if this was going, if this year was getting from A to B. Yeah. And I think there is, there are only, no, I think there are three realistic names, semi realistic names. Um, Kawhi Leonard's not one of them because in case anybody missed it, um, well, he's a max. Sam, well, yeah, but just so everybody knows, Sam Amick and uh, was it Hollinger reported yesterday that, you know, scuttlebutt around the league is he's not going anywhere. But then again, we heard the same thing about Kevin Durant to the Knicks, so who knows? But let's leave Kawhi out of this. The three names that come to mind are Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, and DeMar DeRozan. I think if you put any of those three guys on the Knicks next year, factoring in reasonable internal improvement from Randall, RJ, uh, quickly, yes, Obi Toppin. Can I throw um, a name out? In addition to the three that I that I said, who? Yes, Malcolm Brogdon. I don't know if Malcolm Brogdon makes them a second round team. I think I think Brogdon th- off of Randall, you give up picks for. To let Brogdon play off of what Randall's doing, you give up the Mavs pick. You give something up. Yeah, but this gets into the Lonzo Ball discussion, and we don't need to rehash that. But I'll give up picks for someone that's going to make a material difference in the ceiling of my team and like and and 
I don't like giving up. I don't like giving up picks for a guy for the right to pay a guy, the contract that he's worth. Unless that guy is a max player. So let me say that one more time. You give up all the picks in the world for a max player, even if the max player is only worth the max because max players are max players for a reason. A guy like Malcolm Brogdon or a guy like Fred Van Fleet or a guy like, um, I'm trying to think of another name. Um, those are the two that that come to mind. Or yeah, trying to, those are the two obvious ones. Like those guys are fairly paid. Those guys make a little over $20 million a year. That's what they're worth. They're worth Dinwiddie on his, his next deal, maybe. Well, he could he could end up being a steal. Who's that injury? Dinwiddie. Um, I know I, I know Brogdon's above his weight class, but yeah, I mean, didn't I see? But there's so that's another name that you throw out there, Spencer Dinwiddie, that I wouldn't mind getting. I don't know if I don't think he actually. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'll add Dinwiddie. To the, that's this is how high for as frustrated as he makes all of us. This is how highly I think of Tom Thibodeau. I think if you gave looking at the East. Oh yeah. And looking at looking at Boston and the fact that like where are they going to find a point guard next year, especially since they can't offload Kimball Walker and he's not getting any younger. Um, no, Milwaukee, uh, Brooklyn, and Philly aren't going anywhere. So then it's Miami. So basically, what you're talking about is like, is there a world where you could beat the Heat in the right series on the right day, the Bucks in the right series on the right day? Like, I guess maybe really when you put it like that, though. This is this is almost getting into like what do I think of the Heat next year? Um, it's Paul is the only really obvious answer. If Paul opted out, oh, and, yeah. they sign, and they signed Paul, and they and I'm not saying it would be a smart move for them to give Paul three years and I don't know what it would cost seventy million dollars to get him to come here. I don't. He, he might want more than that. He might want three for ninety. Who knows? But I think if you get this year's version of Paul, and you like get somebody somebody who could help you in the draft, or you like make another smart signing or two, like. Then you could fuck around with the Heat and maybe one of those other teams and like you give one of those teams a run for their money on the right, like one time out of 10. More than that, if you have Paul, Barrett, and Randall, the Heat, I, I, you mean, you know how I feel about Hero. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not even a, talking about it. To me, this isn't a Hero discussion. It's a, no, I, I'm just saying, it's a, a Bam Spalestra, um, Jimmy Butler. Like, if we have Mitch, another, another year, Kenny Payne, I, I, Chris Paul, I think we'd be fine. So Paul is in his own tier, and then I'll throw out Lowry, Dinwiddie, um, Lowry, Dinwiddie, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and and that's the list. I'm not putting Brogdon there. You know, DeRozan gets over-hated, but I don't think he's a great fit with Barrett and Randall. I don't think that's a move that you make if you're the Knicks. I, um, I don't think it's as bad. As a lot of people might think, I think his mid-range scoring ability does make up for the lack of three-point scoring to an extent. Just but get... it's Barrett and Randall. You're hoping that Barrett and Randall keep shooting at the rate that they're shooting at from deep. I feel like you're not at the point where you can be confident enough to add a DeRozan. I I think they should operate as if R.J. Barrett and Julius Randall's are 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 essentially floor spacers moving forward in the sense that like not like movement, like Wayne Ellington, JJ Reddick floor spaces, but just a guy who a defense isn't going to be able to ignore That's enough. That's what you need. A guy who's going to be able to hit 38, 39% roughly of his wide open threes. And I like at this point, I'm confident moving forward. So what, but what, and the, the whole thing is like, just 
get a, a guy who you can give the offense to. Like I've said this on the post game of the night, give the offense to five minutes at a time and not feel like you're about to go into the tank. And DeRozan does that. So that's why for the right money, for the right money and the right years, I do it. Ah, there's, there's an argument. I there's just an argument. I'm not sure if it's a good argument, but there's I just a, don't there's know about the, the fit compared to so many other options is the thing. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Next up is from, well, Z at ZMP three, two, three, but the name is Ricky of the year IQ, which I, I enjoy. I, uh, how do you think expectations will adjust going into next season? What types of moves do you think the front office will make, whether draft, trade, free agency, uh, to help meet those new expectations, you know, I suppose, based off of the play this year? That's a hmm. – well, the obvious answer is that the expectations will be – well, let me answer this in two ways. Based on how they did this year, or how they are doing this year, and I'm not even sure it matters how much what they do over the rest of the season. I think they have they have righted the ship to the point where the Knicks are no longer a laughing stock organization, and yeah. I think there is a general expectation that if Leon Rose is good at his job, and he and this is step one, he has already accomplished step that I would I've argued is the toughest step of the job to get them out of the shitter. Then if he is good, if he continues to be good at his job he will be able to do something next season to make them a, a playoff team, not a play-in team, a playoff team. Um, that means top six seed. I think that will be the expectation, like, starting at the end of this, like, starting now, basically. Maybe it changes a little bit between now and the end of the season, depending on what happens in the playoffs or whatever. Um, but I think that is the expectation now. Now, that being said he needs to get certain things done in the summer and the draft before next year to have that be, to maintain that as the expectation. And I think that's where it gets tough. And I, and I, and I don't know how to answer that part of the question because I don't know what they're going to do. But if you're asking me, they, if they have the most reasonable off season that like I personally expect them to have, which is getting, you know, getting one guy, getting a big, getting a name, whether that name is Lonzo Ball or Kyle Lowry or Chris Ball or Spencer Dinwiddie or whatever the fuck, like getting a guy who could plug in as your point guard and like that's, and probably an upgrade of some kind at the two, um, or at least someone who could put, like do a little bit more, whether it's the Rosen, whether, I mean, I don't know if you consider Kelly up, uh, Oubre an upgrade over. Uh, right no, now. I'm not sure. No, you don't. You probably, you well, definitely don't. No, you probably don't. You do um, not. Different players. Two ends of the court. You have to play basketball on both of them. And Reggie Bullock, Reggie Bullock player. Yes. is better at both of those sides in terms of playing I, basketball on them <laughs> than Kelly Oubre. I, I, think, I think there is a – listen, I was just throwing the name out there. My point is I think that – Don't they come at Reggie Bullock. I think you know how I, I feel about Reggie Bullock. You know, you know how I feel about Reggie Bullock. I think they will make one significant upgrade uh, at a position – Evan Fournier, by the way, is a guy who can do some stuff with the ball. Uh, you know I'm not a fan. Oh, don't Let's, ugh, me. Let's see Look how he does. This. Let's see how he does when the when the, the chips are on the line. Yeah. Um, and um, and I think they'll make another upgrade. And and where does that get them? You know, we'll we'll see. But I think as of now, yeah, absolutely, the expectations have been um have been raised. Good good question. That was good. Next up from Matt H. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about point guards, John. Oh, good. 
take that back. Not good. start bench cut based on their Nick tenures. Start. I'm writing this down. Bench cut. Okay. 2014 Raymond Felton. 2014 Raymond Felton. Raymond Felton. Okay. Jose Calderon. He was only here for one year. In uh he was here for 13, 14, 14, 15. And Alfred Pate. This um, is this is the question. Hold on. Raymond Felton, you're gonna jam me up now because I'm I'm just I'm just looking this in up the 2013 sure. 2014 season nine oh no 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 I think he meant oh no no he was on Dallas yeah he no no he he was he was here for 2013 14 it is yeah, amazing 2013 14 it is amazing nine, how much yeah I've phased out 2013 14 from my memory because and he wow he started 65 games that year I can put like gun to my head if you five and a half assists. Yeah, no, I'm looking at his. I'm look well. Yeah, five and a half assists, not ten almost points. ten points. Um, average a scintillating thirty nine percent from the field, including thirty one percent from deep. Ah, now it's starting to come back to me. Okay, um, <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. It's all coming back to me now. Um, I would start Calderon um, because I think Carl, I think I just think that fourteen. 15 it just was a poorly composed team and it was a mess but i i think calderon still had a little bit left in the tank i would start him um i would bench i would bench felton and i would cut peyton i think you know i, I think i mentioned it no did i mention it in the live stream well yeah i think i mentioned it in the live stream um i just, i'm not sure like who, who's who's signing up for peyton next year is is are we sure that he's still an nba player are we positive of that some a rotation player an NBA rotation. you're I think you are making the assumption that I used to make and then stop making which is that like NBA front offices are all super on their games like someone someone's gonna be like ah shit <laughs> we need a vet backup vet veteran minimum Alfred Payton but he was making five million and eight million the year before that that's a steal and he wasn't great but he was with Tibbs and Randall had the ball a lot so right, he so can pass and someone will someone will give him a veteran minimum it's gonna be Danny Ainge hopefully you know you to come you, off the bench you say this and like I don't know I don't know it doesn't it's he, it, the, he, the, he the keeps coming back come John. quick yeah. And, and, you know, remember he, he was in Phoenix, I believe. And there was all this talk. About, oh, no, no, no. He was in Orlando and there's all this talk about him getting moved, maybe a first rounder, maybe. A, and then he gets moved for like a second round pick, like still like on the rookie deal. I think, you know, who's not um, in the NBA this year, by the way, Emmanuel Moutier. Yeah. Listen, I'm just throwing it out there. Like Emmanuel Moutier was a, was a higher pedigree prospect. I would actually argue that he showed more in Utah last season than Alfred Payton has shown in New York this season. He certainly played a significant-ish role on a winning team. He's not in the league this year. I'm just throwing it out there. All right, now let's move on. No more Alfred Payton bashing. 
or supporting or any Alfred Payton talk at all. I, I see what you're saying. But, uh, next question comes across the pond from Cal Hutchings. What is Hi, more Cal. likely this draft consolidate to move up or trade for a star or better player to add to the roster? Big love to you both with the orange and blue hearts. Thank uh, you. Cal. Thank you very much. Very, Cal. Very um, we love Cal. What's more likely? I'm going to answer this question with the assumption that the Knicks pick lands, uh, what, 14, 13, something, something in that, in that range. Um, and the Mavs pick is like 20 or 21. Um, I, you know, if the Bulls hadn't made the Vooch trade, I think I might have said it's more likely that they trade for a star. I think that single-handedly might change my answer on this because the Bulls aren't trading Zach Levine now. Um, if the Wizards didn't trade Bradley Beal in this tra- at this trade deadline, like why in God's name would they trade him this summer? They're just going to – I I don't know what they're doing, but they're apparently not trading him. Um, you look around the league, I don't see anybody else that's an obvious candidate to get traded for a – you know, a package of first round picks in this draft. Um, unless I'm, am, am I missing someone that, that is, that is like realistically going to become, become available. The Lonzo sign and trade. That's so, so Lonzo's not a star. <laughs> first of all, but he um, said slash better player to add to the roster. I, No, I think it's more like I, I think it is more likely that they package the picks. I think it's more likely they package the picks to move up rather than package the picks to tra- to get Lonzo Ball. If they pack, if they traded two fucking first round picks for Lonzo fucking Ball, I would lose my shit for the, for the right to pay Lonzo Ball, whatever the fuck, eighteen twenty million dollars a year. No, just let him walk. He's not that important. We we yeah. listed four other fucking options of mm-hmm. guys. Fifteen minutes ago, who could, if push came to shove, could be the starting point guard for this team next year. Granted, Chris Paul is probably not going to be available, but like, you know, sign TJ McConnell. I mean, that, I don't know if that's a name that's going to come up later in the mailbag, but like, sign TJ McConnell for three years and and twenty million dollars before you give that you know up picks and all that money to Lonzo Ball, and then you know at least you could make do for a year, and then and then take another bite at the apple next summer or something. That guy, that question got me fired up. Really, TJ McConnell? Hold on, read the next question while I look up TJ McConnell's. Um, the next question numbers. is going to make you more angry. I'm going to give you a second. Fantastic. Um, yeah, TJ McConnell. You know what his effective field goal percentage is this year? Fifty-five point four. Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. And you know why TJ McConnell has the reputation that he has is like, hey, he's a nice little backup because there's one thing that he doesn't do, and that's shoot threes. Well, guess what? I think if there's a coach in the league who could figure out what to do with a guy like TJ fucking McConnell, it's Tom Thibodeau because he's, guess what? The thing that's holding Alfred Payton back from helping us become a decent team isn't his inability to shoot threes. That doesn't help, but it's, that's not like the only, that's not the major thing. It's that he sucks in all every other. No, you're, you're right. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm again, I'm just throwing out a name. Let's move on to the question that is apparently going to make me even matter. Well, it's from Schwinn. Oh, great. Is there a price you wouldn't pay for Karis LeVert? 
And if we did trade for him, how many three-peats in a row do you think we could put together? What did the Celtics won? What's the Celtics record? Did they win eight in a row? I know Bill Russell has 11 rings. I forget how many in a row. Is it seven in a row, eight in a row? I think LeVert on the next eight. I think it challenges. I think it challenges that record. Um, do, should I actually answer this question seriously? What would I give up for Karis LeVert? Um, yeah. Does Karis LeVert make sense for this team? I'd I give up. I'll I'll say what I'd give up for Karis LeVert, and that's how we can go about this. They can have Kevin Knox, and they can have the Detroit pick. Um, they can have Kevin Knox and the Detroit pick. And we'll take care of Silver. And if not, they can hang up. That's I think not on, a joke. I think on this, I don't think that's like, I mean, obviously they wouldn't do that. Um, so basically the question is, would you give up a, like one of the Dallas picks for Kara Silver? No. Oh, no, no, no shot. <laughs> no. Dude's been 24 for like eight years now. Let's not do this. No, no. He's 26. No. Nah. Nah. He is making... He signed for two more years for 36, $37 million. He has $37 million. He makes $19 million in two years. He doesn't... I don't know how Karis LeVert appreciably makes... I, I, I shouldn't say that. I, he, will, he would obviously help the Knicks. Let me just say that. Karis LeVert would absolutely help the Knicks. I don't know that... Again, we're talking about guys who... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Help versus guys who raise their ceiling. I'd much Karis rather Levert. Dan Witty. Yeah, Karis LeVert. Oh, so would I. Karis LeVert does not raise the, the Knicks. Uh, bring, me, bring me Bitcoin, man. Um, so... Uh, that guy. I'll I'll go I'll go one step I'll go once. Will I go give up more than that? I still might. I would still think about giving up the twenty three Dallas pick for Levert. I would think about it. I would think about it. Psycho, get Brunson before you do that. Oh, I mean, I would love. I would sign for. I would. I would much rather have Brunson over Levert. That's that's easy. Yeah. So pay more, pay up to do it. That's, okay. that's what I will well, say. If I'm, All if, right. Uh, when they hire me as the GM, when when Scott Perry leaves for greener pastures, I'll I'll duly noted. Macri redemption arc. You ready? Rowan NBA asks. Well, I asked this question a few months ago, and Macri shamefully listed RJ fifth. Yeah. You're getting another chance. I knew this was coming. Knowing what we know now, after a few months have passed, 
re-rank the Knicks' top five assets, picks, or players in terms of value, I'd like to amend the question to do it in a fashion that does not leave me literally speechless. If you could run the tape. I just right. sat and I stared into I the distance. I remember. That was, I got to say. I couldn't, of, I couldn't believe of, my ears. Of all the takes that I have had over the years, other than I think I once comp- like compared Frank Nilekina to Scottie Pippen in a tweet. Um, that was fun. Um, I don't know if he's going to reach quite that ceiling. Um, I think that might be my worst, my worst take, but, but again, you know, in, in fairness, when I said that RJ was coming off a season where he shot, like I did a newsletter before the year. He, he was, he was, if you look at how many shots he put up versus his percentage, it was, there was like a very small percentage of guys who had gone from that to like really good players. Right. Um, But those guys are not, basketball psychopath. So you I just ignore and that's and that's where I was that's where I was mistaken. But here's the thing. I wasn't just going on when I answered that question, in fairness, I was not just going on last year as evidence. I was going on last year plus the first whatever it was, six or seven games of the season when it looked like RJ Barrett might never hit a three pointer again. And since then he's hitting forty two point five. I literally think since that mailbag episode, he's hitting forty two and a half percent from three. Um because I I that was the stat that I pulled for yesterday's newsletter. Anyway, um, okay. Uh, RJ won. RJ won. Uh, Randall, two. Um, Yash is going to be happy too with RJ's new spot. This is some, where it gets. This is where it gets some, tricky. Some so respect. the. So the. I, just for the ease of this question, I'm not considering like 2025 and 2026 and no, 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 first no. rounders. Let's let's just consider this year's first and next year's first in this IQ. You know, to, to goes in there somewhere. You have I'm just so if I'm ranking it right now in the information I have right now, and the information I have right now says that the Knicks are the eighth seed, they would probably be. They would probably be favored to how did I say favored to lose, pick to lose in a play-in game versus Boston, and then they would face the winner of Chicago, Indiana, um, and they would probably be picked to win. I no, I think they'd be picked to lose that. So I'm just saying, if I the I think the the line would be they would be getting points. You don't think they would be getting points against this Chicago team or this Indiana team? Chicago, even in MSG. Levine and answering a completely different question now, but um, Levine and Vucevic can't guard a traffic cone. I don't, those guys don't. I'm just, I think they'd be getting, a, I think they'd be getting like a, a point and a half or two points at him. All right. Um, hold on. My wife just texted me. Where did you put my water cup? Well, so where'd you put it? On her bedside table. Um, full, fully functional uh, husband right here. Um, okay. Let's just, whatever. Um, I'm going into this question, assuming that they are going to have not non-zero lottery odds to move up into the top four. Maybe it's 5%. Maybe it's 10%. Maybe it's 15%. Let's call it 10%. So what do I value more? A 10% cent shot at the top four pick but in all likelihood, probably like the 12th or the 13th pick or Emmanuel quickly. What do I value more? Or what do I, or do I value you, maybe the 15th? Are you hoping, what are you hoping that pick turns into? 
someone good. <laughs> someone as good as Emmanuel Quigley. That's the thing. Is like that would be but, that. That would be how I view it. I'm hoping that pick turns into someone as good as Emmanuel Quigley. Yeah, I think you're gonna go with Quigley. You just answered the question. You know what? It's because here's the thing for the for the chance that they draft someone who is it possible they draft someone who's a lot better than Quigley? Absolutely. Yeah. But what are the what are the odds? I'll go quick. I'll. I'll go quickly. Here's the thing, though. I think if you're if you ask other teams, what would you rather have, Emmanuel quickly or the Knicks' own unprotected 2021 first round pick? Teams would have to take the pick. I'll put. Hey, and those are the same teams that let him fall at 25. Exactly. You're right. I think so. Okay, so quickly third, our 21 pick fourth, and our 22 pick fifth. Yeah. Nice. Oh, you know who didn't make the list? Oh. He was number two last time. Obi? Yeah. I was going to say Mitch, but I, I agree with having the picks. I mean, Mitch would, would have given me something I don't, to think about if he hadn't injured the foot, but Obi. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I just don't think you can call a team and say, hey, we'll give you Mitch if you give us your unprotected first round pick in the 21 draft and that they would I, do it. You know, I'm higher on Obi than I think some people. I would, I would, I would. Oh, I'm still in on it. You, you, you. I know you're not. You, you, what, what right. you've done, what you've done. What have I is, done? Is you've turned me oh, from the Obi Toppin hater. Stop it. To a shill for the Knicks organization, defending Toppin at every bend and turn of the Let's season. Let's see what he can I, do. Let's see what he can I do. Think, if you give me I agree. I think a Steve Jones, very smart watcher of basketball just said in a thread this morning that he's just being miscast still, which I agree with. So, so I'll, I'll here, here's what I'm going to do. Patience. I'm going to do, I'll have a tie between Obi and the 22 pick for, for fifth. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's move on. All right. Let me make sure. All right, let me get the next question up from Vivek, which is hey Vivek, on a zero to 100% scale. Oh goodness. How would you attribute and allocate the issues into why the Knicks are struggling late in games between coaching, fatigue, concentration, rotations, etc.? I, I, th- it's, I mean, I think it's like this is going to sound this is going to sound I don't know if the word is curt or trite, but I think like ninety percent of it is like they just don't have enough talent. Like they're they're lacking a perimeter creator. I don't know. Is that 85% of it? Is it 90% of it? Is it 95% of it? it am I, supposed to be... I think the word is terse. Terse. I sure. Great. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just don't know. Cause if you're asking me to like judge their late game performances based on the roster that they have, then like what happened at the end of last night's game for, versus Boston or what happened at the end of the, Dallas game or the Miami game or the Brooklyn game. It's like, I don't know. It sucks in the moment because you're like, damn it, we could have had that. But looking back, I don't necessarily, there's none of those games other than the Minnesota game, which stands on its own. That was a complete shit show. All the other games are like, all right, it would have been great to win those. I would have loved to win those games. I don't know that we should have won any of those games. I don't know if an objective viewer who had no rooting interest would have watched those games and been like, oh, if the Knicks did X, Y, or Z. And again, this isn't to say that there aren't improvements that, could be, that can be made. And to answer your question, Vivek, my personal highest percentage, I don't know what it would go, out of the choices you listed would be fatigue. I absolutely think Randall is whatever he is, tired, hurt, something. 
Um, and, and I think he's forcing it. And I think he's not making the shots that he's taking. Um, he hasn't hit a shot in two straight fourth quarters, except for a, a fast break uh, basket that, you know, it was, it was a fast break basket. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a little bit fatigue, a little bit like too high, so heavy. Um, so that would be my answer. But again, it's like, I don't know. Is that a, sh- is that a shock? And like, where, where, where's the, where's the far better option? Other, although uh, I would have liked to see RJ get some more shots last night against Boston. Yeah, no, RJ, RJ had a good game. I would say to, so. to, to say the least. That's why he's number one on the, uh, on the, speaking athlete. of, speaking of the next yeah. question comes from RJ Barrett. Believe I agree. Um, with Leon Rose wanting to balance competing now with development, do you think he'll continue to target more seasoned multi-year guys in the draft rather than one and done high upside prospect or not uh, projects, not prospects? So um, this is one of the questions that I saw ahead of time. Um, and I would, so who were the guys so the non one and done guys this year, right, are Corey Kispert, um, my guy Book, Book Knight, uh, Wagner. Although both of those guys are like I, I mean, uh, Book Book Knight's twenty, Wagner's nineteen. So to me, like I know they're not one and done, but they're like. I don't know. I don't, I don't put them anywhere near the same class as Kispert, like Kispert's in his own, in his own. And then I think here's the guys I think you're asking about. I think you're asking about Davion Mitchell. I think you're asking about Corey Kispert. And I think, I don't know. Is Am I missing anybody? I guess Butler, right? Jared Butler. Yeah. Well, there's Butler and Mitchell are the two, the two Baylor guys. Yeah. Um, I think you're asking about the two Baylor and who? Ayo. Oh, um, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to take, uh, but, uh, I would say, I don't think Leon Rose is going to factor that in one iota into what he does, because I think he has a good man drafting for him in Walt Perrin. Um, and I say that I, was from saw this question one because Nico texted me about it. Um, and two, um, I want to do a little research for this. So just think back to like the last few years, right. Or last like half, half decade, roughly. So Christoph Porzingis, right. We drafted him fourth. He was supposed to be a project. He was arguably their best player at worst. Their second best player as a rookie came in, made an immediate impact. Mitchell Robinson. Yeah. Project. Right. Immediate. Yep. I think he was, you could, again, argue he was their most positively impactful player as a rookie. Um, We didn't draft Macau Bridges um, because ostensibly Kevin Knox had a higher upside. How's that working out? Um, You go to non-Knicks picks. Brandon Clark fell all the way to wherever the hell he fell in the draft because there was this, like, reputation of, oh, well, he's older and, like, he's limited and, like, he is what he is as an NBA player. That dude is going to wind up as being at worst one of the 10 best players from that draft class. 2021. 20, huh? 21 is where he fell to. 20. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. What did I say? 19? No, you just, I think oh, okay. you left he, it he fell. vague. You um, said somewhere. 
I think Assemblage 21, I believe, or 20. You know, 21. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I think you have on the flip side some guys that maybe go like, well, I don't know if they necessarily go higher than they should have, but like Chandler Hutchinson, Grayson Allen, Jerome Robinson, three guys from the 2018 draft. Those guys were all played, I think, for, well, Jerome Robinson plays three years. He got cut today. Speaking of guys that got cut today, Justin Jackson got cut today. He was drafted 15th. I remember one of the talking points for Justin Jackson was, oh, he could help teams now. That dude never helped anybody do a blessed thing. The guy that went right before him, Bam Adebayo, was seen as more of a project. He was helping the Heat by his the middle of his his rookie year. Um, like Buddy Heald went before um, Jamal Murray because longer <laughs> college career, shorter thing, whatever. How's that working out? Um, you know, Devin Booker fell to 15. He averaged, you know, was averaging 22 points or whatever by his, by his second year. I know you're, you're a big Booker fan, obviously. The, the point is like, I don't think that that line of like, if you think someone's a good basketball player and you think they have it in them to be a good basketball player and you don't think like, well, if this and then that, and maybe this happens and all of the, no, just draft the guy you think is going to be the, the good basketball player. If it, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I feel like this narrative of like, oh, well, he'll be good, but it's going to take several years. When's the last time that that happened where a guy was drafted and it was like, oh, just wait, just wait several years down the road and he's going to emerge like the two years away from being two years. Away. I mean, Siakam, but was was anybody really saying about Pascal Siakam? They're like, oh, yeah, give it three, four years. Like he's going to smile on my face is because of Alexei Pogoshevsky. But <laughs> okay, but Poku, Poku went. Where, where did he get drafted? So you're saying he fell further than he should have? Yeah, a little. Okay, and great. What's Pokashevsky been doing this year for the over the Some I, fun I, stuff? Wasserman, Some... Wasserman tweeted out before he's averaging I don't know twenty points a game over the last week or two or something like that. Like again, it's a false narrative. If a guy can play. He's going to figure out how to play pretty soon, probably during his rookie year, at worst during his second year. So I think this is a silly narrative. I think they're just, just take the take the guy who you think is the best player. And if he's actually good, guess what? He's probably going to help you before too long. And if you take a guy because you're like, oh, we don't think the ceiling's that high. We're not sure about how great he really is, but he's a four-year college, three-year college player, whatever. He's going to be able to day one help us. Like when's, when did that pan out for some team? I just, I'm sorry, but I don't, you know, other than, other than McCall. And guess what? McCall took a little while. He, I mean, I'm not saying he was bad as a rookie, but, um, but even that it's like, he didn't fall that far because you knew he was going to be a good, a good player. And he's also, he's getting even better. That guy's going to get paid like 17, $18 million a year on his next contract. I'm, I, I'm sorry. This is, it's just, it's, it's a silly. No, I don't think they're going to consider they're, they're going to take the best player. That's what I think we're going to do. Gotcha. So next up, bit of a we're gonna go. No, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let the rant breathe. Let we're the gonna, okay. We're gonna go to the other the other side of the um, seriousness meter. Oh, great! Uh, to of course the most serious of questions from David Futter. This is, okay, this is the other question that I have seen. You can only eat one thing the rest of your life from this list. What do you choose? One chicken cutlets, two, pizza, three, orange peel beef, four, chopped cheese, five, bacon double cheeseburger, six, fried chicken, 
seven burritos, plural, eight sushi, nine baked ziti, 10 steak. Okay. So this is, I I know he thought this was going to be difficult. This is the easiest question because it's pizza. Pizza is the only, the only choice I would today. If it wasn't going to make me fat, like really, really obese, like unhealthily obese. It's okay if you're a little bit overweight, but like if it wasn't going to like put me in a hospital within a few years, cause I would have all, I already have bad cholesterol, bad, bad cholesterol. I have good, good cholesterol. I have bad, bad cholesterol. You don't have to worry about any of this shit yet. Cause you're what? 18. There you go. Um, if I didn't have these issues, I would eat pizza every day. Happily. I would happily bypass all other foods at all times to eat pizza every day. It, it wouldn't be like, me. yeah. Cause it's just the best food. Even bad pizza is good. Second would be sushi. Um, and sushi is the only one that would get me to think about, think of, think about my first choice because I, I love sushi and there's many different types of sushi, but it loses out to pizza. And I just want to give a quick shout out to chicken cutlets because chicken cutlets are a big part of my upbringing. They're a big part of my diet now. However, chicken cutlets are more like, um, they're more like Reggie Bullock, right? They're reliable. They're there for you when you need. Um, they may not always do the trick, but more often than not, they will. And they need um, some help. They're not going to make the dish on their own. They need the... Ex- Thank you. You need to dress it up. And if you dress up a chicken collar enough, it could seem like a gourmet no, it'll, fucking It'll be meal. pretty good. It'll be pretty it'll, good. Exactly. Yes. So um, I want to give a shout out to chicken collars, but the, it's pizza and then sushi. Great question. <laughs> I, I want to say, I want to say I'd go because he said bacon double cheeseburger. Yeah, it's a lot of meat. It's not healthy. I um. Well, now I'm not picking that one. And, um, and can I just can I just say for a sec? I, I think I don't know if you know this. I used to I coached trialad when I was in law school. Or no, not when I was in law school. I went to some trialad competitions in law school. I think two of which were in Texas. And then I coached trialad after law school. I went back to Texas a couple of times. So I think I've been to Texas four times in total. All they all they have in Texas is meat and cheese. I don't think they allow lettuce past state lines or any vegetables or fruits of any kind. It's just meat and cheese. But like spend four days in Texas and then tell me you ever want to see another double cheeseburger or spare rib or piece of steak or any such thing for as long as you live. You will not. All you're going to want to do after you leave Texas is have a fucking Caesar salad. Just saying. Now, because you can be diverse with pizza, right? Oh, yeah. You know, pug, you know, Pugsley's, there's penne, vodka slices. You can go bacon, chicken ranch. You can go chicken parm. Fuck barbecue, that. Go to Italy. Their, defi- their definition, they have stretched the boundaries of the definition of pizza past where anything is, is reasonable. They have chocolate pizza. No, and they do here at Pugsley's. They have Nutella. There you with go. The, uh, you know, right. pizza, it's a good pick, but I know bacon, double, bacon double cheeseburger is tempting because, you could, you know, he, he made chopped cheese an option. You just give me a bacon double cheeseburger. I'll just chop it up. And then there's your, there's your chopped cheese right there. I don't know what the hell the prop. <laughs> oh, I could count the amount of times I've had chopped cheese on one hand in my life. Anyway. Okay. Let's move on. We should probably answer another basketball question. That's no, we have, we have one basketball question left. Uh, Giddy up. It's, it's, it's the last one. It's from the godson 
at French the Godson asks, most favorable first round matchup. I thought we'd finish off looking forward. Um and and let's see what you think. So did, don't kill yourself trying to be realistic. No, but it's, is it, so am I basically choosing between the top three teams? I I guess. I mean, well, I mean, if like if Miami is an option, then I'll I'll pick Miami. Eastern Conference standings. You have. Yeah, I mean, is there a world where the Knicks finish fifth and place and play the Heat in the first round? Then yeah, I'll see the that. Hawks are in fifth right now. Okay, great. Then the okay. So if here's we could ra- get four or five with Atlanta, here's my here's my rankings. They are literally anyone outside of the Heat, Bucks, Philly, or uh, Nets. I don't care. Give me seventy sixers. Seventy sixers. Give me any. We're not beating them deep. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Then the Heat, and then after the Heat. So I, I'm here between between Philly, Milwaukee, and between Philly, Milwaukee, and. Um, and Brooklyn. I Brooklyn. would mo- I would most want to face Milwaukee from a matchup standpoint because I think we can game plan for Giannis. I think if you give Tibbs and you can't game plan for the trifuckery that is those I guys. Don't, I don't think any I mean I'll just say it now. I don't think any team in the league is beating Brooklyn if Brooklyn's healthy. If Brooklyn's healthy, they're gonna win. I need LeBron to come through. I don't think it I'm I, I need honestly, LeBron to come through. I don't think it matters. Kawhi, someone. Oh, Jokic, the Clippers. Please, are, come on. They're not I, the LeBron. only team. The only team that has a, the only team that has a LeBron. chance is the Lakers, and that would if I, let me tell you, if this Brooklyn team is fully healthy, and LeBron uh, somehow leads the who's Lakers, guarding a Disney, who's guarding AD? It's Bruce Brown. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so it, 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 I'd love to see him try. AD's overrated because of the LeBron propaganda machine. I'll give you look, that, but he's not. You know, kid doesn't stink. Look, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there right now. Again, uh, you know, save this for your your cold takes exposed. If Brooklyn's fully healthy, I fully expect them to win, and I'd be very surprised if they didn't. Even if they face the Lakers in the finals, that's that's my that's my take. If they're fully healthy, now to finish answering the question. To finish answering the question. I would pick Brooklyn as my preferred matchup over the Sixers because I don't think that there is a prayer in the world that the Knicks could possibly beat Embiid and that Sixer team four times in seven games. I think Embiid is on a mission. And I think as long I think and I I trust this is crazy, but it's the truth. I trust Embiid to stay healthy more than I trust Durant and Harden to both stay healthy throughout this entire playoff. So that's why I'd pick Brooklyn as a preferred matchup over the Sixers and the Sixers would be last. I, I would least want to face the Sixers. Ugh. Ugh. It's tough. Um, the last question. Was, oh yeah. I was about to say the there, last oh, there, question. One more I, question. I don't know if we're allowed to put on the screen, so I'm going to send it to Andrew and we'll see. We'll see. Um, but the question asks, if you know who Gunna is, if you listen to Gunna, and if not, if I can inform you about Gunna, do you know who Gunna is? This is a pop culture Macri test. Nice. I, I see the Googling. I see the Google arms. I mean, obviously the answer is no. 
Um, gonna American singer. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's a it's a boy. Um, this is good. This is all good. He was recently involved in some kind of an accident. Apparently, according according to uh, oh, he's one point eight million followers, and he's from Georgia, and he apparently likes to smoke marijuana. Um, this is content. This is great. This is great. He has an album that came out last May. It looks like. What is this? His first tweet under his pin tweet is, "I'm sorry, baby, but I can't have sex." with you if you don't have a credit card. Oh, he wants the woman to pay for the sex. Oh, okay. Well, this person must be quite the fellow then. Um, well, it's too good. I just, I'm learning about Gunna, who, by the way, his name, interestingly enough, is Wanna on Twitter. Riddle me that, Batman. You'll have to listen to his song, Wanna. Maybe oh, also his song, Wanna Flow. It's a different song. They're both, the, okay. Wanna and then Wanna Flow. Okay. We'll, well, we'll see what you think. I'll, I, can, um, I can send over some, some, some recommendations. Well, I mean, as long as he, as long as he is, uh, you know, because we spoke about Lil Baby a few months back. Did we? Okay. You, you, you wrote about him in, in the newsletter too. You, uh, you oh, gave that's Lil so, Baby yeah, I like that song. Out. Oh, here we go. Wanna. Can I play? Am I? I mean, it's the end of the pod. Can I play a little bit of you're gonna the get song it. right now? Well, well, Andrew might have to mute it. We'll see. We'll see. You, I think it's probably you, fine, right? Hold on. Let's. This is pleasant. There's another song. One of oh. This is fun. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's it's nice. Um, I would listen to that late at night if I'm finishing up like a newsletter. But when I listen to like, usually I just put on like coffee house music when I'm writing. I wouldn't listen to that when I'm when I'm running. It's not upbeat enough. Ah, uh, see, I, I, it's like a, it's like a car thing. You think? I don't listen to music in the car. I listen to podcasts in the car. Ah, uh, well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a music in the car guy. Um, I, I, I like to, I like to just let, let my brain. Wait, wait till you get old. Um, then then it'll <laughs> change. All right. Uh, Chris, this was a blast. Anything. Uh, oh you, yeah. Of course you have stuff to plug. Uh, you're doing, you're, you're, you're the ultimate plugger here. Uh, plug some stuff. What do you, what do you got going on? Well, I have the KFS halftime show going on. And, uh, uh, it, that's a big one. And when, when the Knicks play basketball games uh, at halftime, if you'd like, I'm always live on Twitter. Sometimes with a guest, I had Schwinn on recently, Jeremy Cohen, another guest, Colin, I have to have Chip on. Um, I have all, all kinds of fun guests on the halftime show. So stop by live at halftime uh, for, you know, just a 15 minute halftime show, the KFS halftime show. You can check me out uh, on Twitter at Chris Percy. My podcast is to a tolerable degree. We have an episode coming out soon with the, with the pretty special guest from NBA Twitter, um, which, which I'm excited for. Uh, the, the, the hint is that you're on mute, but the hint is I'm, that I'm ex- I was going to um, say, I'm excited for you. Sorry. I was, the, I was the, the hint to is that this, this guest is, 
addicted to Twitter. There's the hint. There's the hint. So someone, people will get it. People will get it. Um, I don't get it. People will get it. I'm sure uh, they will. The, the people. <laughs> and like, like Gunna? Well, he's a people. He's a person. Listen, if he li- if Gunna listens to Nick's film school, there's gonna there's a lot to. Is he from New it. York? No, no. Oh, he's, he's from Atlanta. You said. Oh yeah, that's right. George. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that, that that was that was today's Macri pop culture education. That was. We like to keep John updated. You know what? Yeah. Just because it, they're both waiting, we have to. So we have a little KFS meeting we're gonna do after this. But I'm gonna. This is this is good podcasting here. Andrew can cut this out if he wants. I guess. Oh. Um, but I'm going to ask both of them if they know who this person is. I want to see if they know who this person is. Okay. Oh, it's Jeremy. Hello, hey, Jeremy. Hello, hello yeah. Jeremy Cohen. And uh, hello, Andrew Claudio is still getting his, his video up. But um, we're still recording. I'm about to sign us out here. But uh, important question. Oh, my God. Is Andrew in the car? I don't know what Andrew's doing. He's mobile. In, in oh, no, he's in the studio. In, an important question before I sign us off with this episode. Do If I say the word gonna... Does that mean anything to either of you? Jeremy? Going to? Okay. Andrew, does gonna mean anything to you? You're on mute. Just I, mean, I, there's another, I know the other one, but that my first guess would be to go, like, we gravitate towards. No, so he knows. To. Yeah, What's I know. What's the other one? I'm not as old as John. I know. What is the other he knows. one? See, John didn't know. Oh, geez. So now, now I look like an asshole. Okay. Um, <laughs> Andrew probably doesn't know. Hear me now. I love yeah, this. I can, we can hear you. Do you know who Gunna Everything is? Everything is funny. Who Gunna is? Yeah. Everything no, is funny. Gunna is like slang for going to. Thank you. Thank you. And Andrew, I just want it noted for the record. <laughs> Andrew is over 30 and Jeremy is uh, just turned 26. So Wait, Gunna's a person? Yes. <laughs> He's a musician, apparently. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Oh, and no, he's, he's you not. Wonder, wait, hold on. It gets better. It gets <laughs> no, better. he's not. You want to know? Do you want to know what his song title is? What is it? Wanna. <laughs> you're, you're kidding. I'm not fucking around with you. One he has, this he is has, the generation that pick, I'm telling you, us. Andrew, I'm telling you right now, pick your favorite childhood artist. He has triple their streams monthly. No My joke. childhood artists didn't know what streams were. You know what streams meant to them? What the fucking streams were in the Ghostbusters movie, which you probably never saw because you're. Twi- I haven't seen it. Oh I haven't God, seen the movie. No. <laughs> oh God! You probably saw the God. Oh, actually, it wasn't that bad. But I haven't seen the new one either. Oh, All right. On that note, uh, everybody. Mailbag. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, we will be back with you. Uh, me and Jeremy will be back with you. Another episode dropping on Monday, hopefully after the Knicks uh, win a couple games this weekend. We will talk to you then. Adios. We're going to see you on Monday. <laughs>